Wait. You don't sound autistic. Well, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. <clears throat> and I'm not. So, there we go. There's the intro. Now what? Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, and happy holidays, of course. Thank you. Yeah. So, because not everyone celebrates Christmas. Nope, but happy holidays. Yes. There's a lot of really cool um, things to celebrate this time of year, though. Yeah, like what? Well, there's Hanukkah. There's you named the them all. Winter solstice. <laughs> <Just kidding>. There's <laughs> New Year's Eve. The you know. Isn't there um, Kwanzaa? Isn't that a? I think so. Yeah. That's, that's around this. I think so. Maybe who knows? Kwanzaa might be like. I thought maybe today is Kwanzaa. I don't know much. Today, about I don't know. I gotta get this right now. Shoot. Well, holidays, I mean, there's always so much going on at this time of year, you know, as, while you're looking that up, it just seems like we rush, rush, rush to get here and then look at you. You are correct. Yeah. Apparently it's today through the first. Wow. I know so much about Kwanzaa, except <laughs> how to spell it, apparently. I wouldn't have even known that. Yeah. No, that's cool. So starting today until the first of January. That's cool. So, but we know mostly about Christmas because that's how we were raised. Right. Absolutely. So that's what we're going to do with Declan, even though we've kind of foregone, at least for now, the whole Santa thing. Well, he called Uncle Tyler Santa this week. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, um, I don't know where he got that from. I mean, the only thing I know of is that he had his pictures taken with Santa, which was a whole experience. The pictures are awesome. Because he looks completely miserable and, con- and uncomfortable. <laughs> it's so weird for a kid that's so photogenic to um You could just tell his body shuts down. Although, you know, he has no experience with Santa because we, I mean, there was a pandemic. There's still a pandemic. But last Christmas was not an option. Right. To, and, um, you know, two-year-old is typically the time where you start introducing them to the concept of, you know, going in and having your picture taken with Santa. And so without that experience last year, um, this year we find out that his school is going to have picture day with Santa and we're like, Oh, he has zero frame of reference for this. <laughs> yeah. So here, go sit with this strange man. That's all covered in red. The one color that will, of course, you know, provoke a meltdown and do it without either one of us. Cause it was going to be dual during school hours. So, you know, just based on the trust of his teachers, which is considerable, but not the same as parental. Um, and go enjoy yourself. You know, I was terrified. And when he watches TV, but he doesn't watch a lot of realistic TV, I'd say. He watches mostly cartoons. So it's not like even if he was watching a Christmas movie, he would have, you know, he doesn't learn by watching. So he learns by experience um, because autism needs, you know, that multisensory moment in order to really understand what's going on. And so it was a really almost I wasn't looking forward to it <laughs> to what to when he was gonna sit with, with Santa? Santa yeah oh, okay. and I was sitting there for the, the whole day going oh my gosh how are we gonna do this we're not gonna be there with him and finally right at the end of the day because he's starting to get to the point where you can have a conversation with him um, uh, at night about what's gonna happen the next day and he's starting to retain it so I said okay well we're gonna watch some videos 
and watch um, kids sitting with Santa. And I pulled up YouTube and luckily was able to find one. We must have watched that video like, I don't know, 17 times in a row. Again, mom. Again, mom. And the and it was interesting because the video I found actually showed the picture being taken so you could see the flash after the child sat on Santa's lap. And then you could see them hand the mom the picture. And they zoomed in on the picture so he could see again the end result of like, oh, there's a picture, mom. There's a picture. So it started to build that frame of reference. So he was actually really excited that morning. And I said, hey, you're going to get your picture taken with Santa. Never has he gotten out of the door so fast and on his way to school. Hmm. At least not with me. So Maybe we need to use that tactic a little <laughs> bit more often. Yeah, but then if you're going to set an expectation, you've got to deliver on it. Well, we can find a fat guy and take a couple pictures. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> well, fair enough. But understanding when you're... And it doesn't matter, child, teenager, adult. I mean, I think we found this out for ourselves at any time we were traveling or, you know, just faced with some experience we didn't have a frame of reference for. I mean, you're just asking for an instant meltdown if you don't take the time to realize the lack of a frame of reference and how important it is to build one before you go into any experience. Right. I find that I uh, enjoy experiences a lot more, and I think I've said this before, after they've happened. Yeah. Because then I've I've had the experience. Right. So I'm like, oh, I know what to expect now. Right. But then there's certain things I go into and I know what to expect and they still, like anything with like large crowds. Uh-huh. Uh, that sucks. But like, for instance, when we went camping, mm-hmm. the one time we went camping, we have $5,000 worth of camping equipment and we've used it once. Right. Um, in retrospect, I had a lot of fun. definitely not during the camp i was a little bit cranky when we were setting up the tent cranky edgy well so let's talk about that because one of the things that i'm pondering a lot lately is this concept of perfection so when you are preparing yourself for an experience let's talk let's say the holidays Mm -hmm. um typically a really joyful time but also in my experience a very stressful time Yes. So when you think about how you're going to prepare for the best holiday experience, you know, you kind of, I've always watched you battle this concept of perfection. Okay. So. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm, I like things to be equal. equal. I like things to be fair. Perfectly equal. Yes. So like, for instance, I didn't really expect certain people to get me Christmas presents. Uh-huh. So then when it was like Christmas presents are coming and I was like. No, because <laughs> now I have to make sure that I'm not like the crappy gift giver. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? I do. No, and that, but I think that when you sit down to have Christmas morning with someone, there is an expectation of like, we're going to exchange gifts or you just make it a giftless Christmas and that's a totally different. But it's about, I think, perfectionism and, and expectations goes go side by side. And, and I really think that we should tease them apart a little bit more often, but we have this like, oh, I've got to be perfect. It's got to be equal. It's got to be this, like based on some set of rules. And um, we were talking to Andrea on in the Facebook group a couple of weeks ago about the impact of culture and how detrimental and or um, influential 
that concept of culture is in, you know, everything that comes afterwards. And so where did you get your concept of everything has to be equal on Christmas morning? I don't know. Just, just a me thing. Probably also part of what you were raised with. Maybe, but I don't know. I just, so my birthday is so close to Christmas uh-huh. that I always had some kind of Christmas money to spend because I would get money for my birthday. So I would take part of my birthday money instead of spending it on myself. I would get people Christmas presents. That's very thoughtful of you. Thank you. Yes, I thought so. Yeah, not everyone would do that, but um so I just always made or purchased gifts for people. And then I don't know, I just don't I don't like someone getting me something. I don't know where it came from. I just don't like someone giving me something without me giving them something in return of equal or less uh, of equal or greater value. Yeah, you're equal or greater value. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found that um there are some holidays I think you and I started competing with each other like, "Oh no, he got me six gifts. Okay, I can't walk in with five. You know, and then it was like, oh, well, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop at seven. So now I've got eight, you know, we went back and forth a lot. Um, I killed it again this year. You uh, did. You did. I'm You're, the winner of Christmas. You are. That's what Christmas is all about, kids. Winning. <laughs> there goes the competitive value. You think that they're saying winter? It's really winner. <laughs> no. No, no, no. And the winner is. See, that's, that's, what, they're, that's what they're saying. <laughs> oh, I just stuck my nose in the microphone. <laughs> You stuck your nose in your what? Yeah, I did. Well, I still, you know, still getting used to it. Right. Um, that's funny. I've never thought about it that way. But there are people who actually think that the holidays are quite competitive. That's not an unrational connection to make, actually. Right. Um, and when we talk about neurodiversity, I mean, you're talking about anxiety and depression and ADD and ADHD and autism. And, you know, we're talking about all the good stuff all the moments that have this fundamental set of rules which come from you know however many i don't even know how long ago these rules were made but everyone seems to have to follow these rules about how the family gets together and when and what these events are supposed to look like in christmas day and christmas eve and i've been spending a lot of time talking to families leading up to this holiday and um, especially some some wives who were like, wow, I just really think my, my husband might be on the spectrum. I mean, I know that sounds really crazy, um, and but I, I'm just starting to pick up on some sensory. I don't even know what you call it. It's just like big crowds. So you said this, so I'm going to lead into it. Big crowds just seem to really drain him, and everyone you know wants to get together for the holidays, and it's a really loud and obnoxious time, and I looked to find him, and and he's off playing, you know, shoots and ladders with the kids because it's a softer, quieter room and it's not as socially stimulating. And I just find that he's naturally gravitating towards that. And I was like, well, you know, that's one of several examples of what someone would intuitively do if they were sensory overloaded. Um, because the rule of Christmas is that everyone gets together and the house is loud and there's music playing and lots of lights and it gets overwhelming. Maybe you should change religions. <laughs> I don't think this is religious. I don't think it matters which holiday no, you're getting together to celebrate. I'm not really religious, but I do like Christmas. I do like I Christmas. I like the competition. I'm just well. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding about that. I don't know, but I don't it's it's not really a competition. I just feel like I I don't want someone else to feel like, oh, I got 
screwed right. and didn't get a very good gift. When I put, you know, it's like there's that episode of Friends where um, Joey and Chandler and Phoebe get stuck in a car because a dog is like chasing them and, and they're supposed to be going out getting Christmas gifts. And so they end up stopping at like a gas station and uh, getting everyone gifts from there. So they get like Rachel a box of condoms or something and they get Ross. Ross, he's like, uh, you got me a cola drink? And Chandler's like, and a lemon lime. And he's like, wow, I wish I got you another sweater. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's right, right, like, that I'm not, inequity of it. But that's that's the thing. I think it, it's for me, I, I like it to be to where I'm like, OK, cool. I, I did my my civic duty. I got a, a good fair gift. Is that weird? Is that not normal? Well, I don't I don't know that it's. How do you feel about the unevenness of Christmas now that I won? <laughs> Now that you've won, I worked really hard on my Christmas presents. I was. I'm, so let me just ask you: Is it yeah. an emotional equity, or is it a financial? Because it doesn't really like the price of the gifts doesn't ever really. So, are you talking about everything? Someone feeling like the quality of the gifts are even. Like, is this a yes, an avoidance sure. of a, of rejection sensitivity? Or I have no idea. I don't know why. Okay. Call now and tell me why I feel this way. <laughs> I mean, from the from an emotional standpoint, what I look for in the room because I feel everyone's feelings is, um, I don't know that it's so much about the quantity of the gift. It's I for me, it's more about whether or not that person receiving a gift from me feels like I see them, that I recognize who they are, and that I bought a gift that is a reflection of not only who they are right now, but who they're trying to be, like. You know, if they have a new special interest that I've paid attention to that and I've in, I've integrated that theme into the gift. So, you know, that person feels I don't know if validated is the right word, but just, you know, you, you want your gifts to feel like a warm hug. And and it could be something as simple as a as a mug that's themed in some new special interest or it could be something as complex, you know, as um, by mug, you mean a beverage container? A Yes. OK. Yes, which you think would be like a crappy gift. Oh, it's just a mug. Someone just got me a mug. But but the meaning behind that mug could be exponential. So it's more about the feeling someone gets when they receive the gift than about the quantity or the amount of money I spent on it or things like that. Like for me, that's where my bar I is. I didn't get enough breast-shaped objects for Christmas. <laughs> okay, is that a, a new special interest? It's a special interest I've had for quite a while. <laughs> okay, I must have missed that one. Yeah. I need some some a boob mug. Okay, I I can look. I didn't know that was a thing. No one's paying attention to my special interests. <laughs> I have two very specific special interests. A, a right boob and a left boob. That's right. Sometimes oh. the left and the right. One doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a fan. All right. Well, that's one way to put it. But too much. No, but the emotional value of it for me is Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. You're funny. I took my medicine today too, so that's good. That's good. I don't know good. what's going on. That's good, and I'm right. off my medicine, so hopefully oh I can function. That's right. You're not taking the the drugs anymore. No, those are hard. Those are hard. Okay. To function. Um, Did that make you, make you lose your place in your brain? No, I mean, I'm so I'm just still trying to quantify. Like for me, it's the emotional value of it. For you, is it the, is it the response you get to the gifts that makes it even or makes you win? Like I don't know. Like if someone bought me something that was, it's it's everything. It's like the the value of it and also the thought that goes into it. 
See, that's what I think it is for you. The thought that it's, goes. But it's both. Because for you, you have this innate ability to think and find gifts that are kind of like beyond normal. Thank you. Uh, that was a was that a compliment? It's a very high compliment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because are you, are you high? No. Giving me a compliment? Oh, no. Was, okay. I've always what I've always. You said high compliment, so I wasn't sure if that meant you were high giving me a compliment. No, I'm off all the drugs. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, so you're completely I'm, sober. I'm. That's a that's a first. I'm nasally maybe that should reform. be the episode. Rochelle is sober. I'm always sober. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't always mean I can breathe, but I'm being sarcastic. I know. Facetious, sardonic. Okay. I'm like a thesaurus. You are. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're just responding to the surgery I had last week that I'm recovering from. Yes. Okay. Just to be clear, because you know I don't even really drink wine at this point. <clears throat> right. But that nasal surgery was no joke. No kidding. Man, it must have taken three people. <laughs> Just one thing. It's like operating on a tent. <laughs> no. It does feel, I don't know, I'm still trying to work through, but apparently <clears throat> my nose was broken very badly on the inside, so I couldn't breathe normally. Right. I still kind of can't because I'm healing, but I'm working through it. But I hope it gets better f- soon. That was my gift to myself is surgery. Right. And for me, that was about understanding my own needs. So sometimes I think the best gifts are about identifying a need that someone may or may not even be aware of for themselves and then fulfilling it. And that's something I think that you do very nicely in the gifts that you give. I do do that. (laughs) Did I say that? You said you do and I said do do. Oh, okay. Well, yes. I I just wanted to say do do again. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. But aside from the gifts... What part of holidays, and and this can go all the way back, I know that, you know, your birthday falls right in front of Thanksgiving, but it still makes for like a marathon six weeks, and not just for us, but for everyone, because all the hustle and bustle of Thanksgiving and falling into, you know, all the different holidays that could be celebrated at this time of year, like, what do you look forward to and what do you dread? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like giving people gifts. I'm right. afraid I'm going to get something I don't want. Okay, fair. And have to and have to fake. Ooh, oh, a mug. <laughs> yeah, see, a mug would not have the same context to everybody. But what about like? No, but I've gotten mugs before. But I, I'm more of a I buy my own mug kind of guy. What about the social aspect of all the gatherings and the family? We didn't really gather much. It was just a lot. It was a lot of everyone sitting around on their phones while you cooked. Not this Christmas. Yeah. I mean, in general. Like, from like, like from the days of yore? Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, it was cool because we would all, you know, you'd, you'd all have your new toys and movies and stuff, and so you'd have a movie going that you, you hadn't... You didn't ever find it stressful that was like, all those families going to come around and you're going to have to act a different way than you normally no, are? No, because I never did act a different way. Okay, good. Um, at least I don't think I did. Um, I was I was very good at masking, Rochelle. How did did you feel when my family wanted to come for Christmas? This year? Any year. Every year. We've had family. It was, to me, it's not, it's, it's, we didn't have a lot of space. We never have a lot of space. We had, no, we had a lot of space at the, um, at the house. Somewhat, yeah. Um, house is, we had room. We had some. But anyway, so. And there was still family. I had family visit every one of those Christmases. Yeah, when, when, when we were in a bigger space, it was fine. It was just like when you come out and someone's sleeping on your living room floor and you're like, get up. Or like, you know, you just want to like move on with your life. So it's like, 
in my in my family it's we're more like stay at a hotel type of people uh, not mine no i know and so i had to make a lot of sacrifices is what i'm saying and how did that impact your holidays um because i remember them very like you're painting a picture that seems really tolerant and patient and thank you I don't, that doesn't match one minute of my memory. <laughs> well, your memory is flawed. No, I, my memory was much more of like. Flawed's giving. Anxiety and anger and. I was never angry. Pushing back. Why do they have to come? It was more, no, it's more just, it's the, people would just show up. No one just showed up. They all had plans. Your mom never just showed up? Uh-uh. Like within a week's notice? No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Never just showed up. With a like with barely a week's notice? Uh uh. That's it's okay. all it, it, You're misremembering. it had always been no, because my mom oh my gosh. If my mom had you have to remember, my mom has and that. And showing like, up with like a blending at six o'clock in the morning. Okay, you now remember that? see you're living from memory and you're blending multiple events together. Not that is not how taking up the entire deck in the living nope, room. No, no, that, that's not Christmas. Okay. What you're talking about is But those are the things that I think of when it comes to people visiting. Right. But it's just like people when you have no space and then people take up the little bit of space you have. See, and then you have to be then you're like inconveniencing people to m- live your life to be like, "Excuse me, can you move your steps so I can Right, you're talking about that life? one summer. So no, but that's like a lot of the time it's like I have a spot on the couch. Okay, now so let's talk about this spot on the couch because not everyone understands the importance of space the way How do I want to say this yeah, like tread lightly. <laughs> so everyone has different interpretations or different boundaries. Uh-huh. And space, time, continuum. Um, sensory needs like these are all very different conversations in a neurodiverse household versus a neurotypical household but we did not know we were, we had a neurodiverse household so when it came to how so we shared you, our but space th- but see that's the thing that's kind of unfair you have to you have to be diagnosed to to get some kind of uh recognition that you maybe need a little bit of extra accommodation sometimes because otherwise you just come off like an asshole you're saying that to a lot of people that are listening that I, may not have I been diagnosed. I understand that. I understand that. And I think she it's just an, called you all assholes. I didn't call you one. I said you come off like one. And there so, is a difference. Okay. But you just point, insulted the audience. Well, I'm not trying to insult them, but I'm just trying to bring. I'm trying to illuminate what happens when there's a lack of understanding around needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because what often happens in holidays, and what you're what you're leading us right into is perfect. Because inadvertently. When you're trying to come together as a family, even whether whether it's a summer or a holiday, it becomes a battle of needs very quickly if you don't understand where another person is coming from. Right? Okay. So you have a need to have one designated spot on the couch. That is your space. That is your spot. Right. And everyone else gets their own spot too. But we don't have seating for everybody else. So they, so they sit on the floor. That now you're making assumptions. Or they sit on another spot. We we didn't have other spots. Well, that's not my problem. So in my family, we don't have designated spots because there were so many of us. We all just shared and moved around, and it was no big deal. I fart in my spot just so you know. You know, so I'm sure that's true. But but I don't want anyone else farting. But you had some in your mind. There were some rules around spots on the couch that no one else knew you had. Well, don't you have a side of the bed? Well, actually, you sleep on my side of the bed. 
No, I don't. Yes, you do. What? You've always slept on my side of the bed. That makes no sense because then it would be your side of the bed. No, because you took it. Ridiculous. So I had to give up my side of the bed in order. That is not true at all. It is actually. That's how long I have let go of my side of the bed. Is it? it? Whatever. But that's my point. Is that you? You have still sleep on that side. And I'm not even here. Well, eventually it became Aha, a habit. Aha, caught you. No, but that was never my side of the bed. So so now Declan's sleeping on your side of the bed. It's yeah. not your side of the bed if after 10 years you haven't slept on it. Right, I had to give it up. Uh, I gave it up out of love. You got to give up now. I gave it up out of unconditional love. I loved you unconditionally. No, you didn't. That side of the bed was not a condition I was going to fight for. You didn't love me. It became a battle of needs, and I did not want the battle. So I gave up my side of the bed. Okay. I'm giving up right now. <laughs> I'm, this is my point. The holidays so often can become a battle of needs. And it doesn't have to be, but it can come from a very deep source of frustration when like, you need to have different needs met that other people around you, and, and especially our family. Especially. Sorry, I know I did that, but I'm nasally and I'm trying to not sound it. So especially our family, because they have this idea in their minds of how the holiday rules are and they can sometimes directly conflict with sensory needs with spatial needs with boundaries with volume with um just the hustle and bustle of getting everybody together i mean you painted a really strong picture of people sleeping on the floor and you know trying to use the kitchen in a tight space and so the noise can penetrate the walls and and create disruptions that aren't normally there this is a normal thing at this time of the year for many, many, many families. And specifically for our listeners who are not diagnosed, who can't say to their family, hey, I'm autistic or hey, I have high anxiety and you're, you're, you're really you know, freaking me out right now. Like, If you don't have that conversation already started and you just know that the holidays come and you don't like them because you feel like in the battle of needs you're going to lose... That's not a holiday that anyone looks forward to. And we've had many of those ourselves. What? Holidays that no one looked forward to? Yeah, because it was going to be like... I always look forward to Christmas because I'm going to win. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just because I'm, I, I like the giving. I like to give. Right, but... And I like to surprise people. But aside from the gifts, all the social and emotional aspects of I'm it. I'm all, it's nope, the gifts for me. And then, then, so let me ask you, how, how do you feel when your mom says, I'm going to bring over food and I'm going to bring over five different things? What's your reaction? I don't like that. Tell me why. Because no. Because no why? <laughs> because I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a lot of work. For who? For everybody. You're right. Just Let's just order out. <laughs> but but explain why that happens. So your mom is is um you know doing a very she's got the rules in her mind of like okay now we're going to cook and we're going to create a whole meal and we're going to bring it over and it's going to look like this. And in your mind you see that event happening very very differently. So explain to me. Well because if we have plans and then she has plans and her plans screw up our plans. She should just we're coming over to our place. So it's uh, we're hosting. Right? So let us do our thing. And then when we do agree to let her have her favorite dish she wants to make what happens i don't know i don't remember blake 
can you come take, take this out of the car, Blake? I need you to do this, Blake. Can you turn? You know, my mom listens to the podcast, right? I know. I'm not making fun. I'm trying to explain what happens in normal families. And what I said to you earlier is that this is a scenario that's playing out in many, many families I'm working with right now. And I'm like, oh, I totally relate to this because I can see your mom's heart in what she's doing and her pure intention to just take some of the work off of us. But what you're perceiving is like, oh, no, now I have to participate or I have to do this or I have to do that. And it's a clash. It's right. a total battle of needs. You need to not be annoyed. Annoyed, <laughs> sure. And she needs help. And you're both your goals for how you're going to spend the holiday at that point start to clash. Right. You've, you've mentioned takeout and hotels so far. Yeah. So right now your holiday sounds like a vacation to me, like out somewhere else. Let's do it. Sounds good. It doesn't sound like a holiday to me. We should all go to Vermont for Christmas next year. With For the snow? Yeah. A holiday to and me... And the takeout. ...sounds like exactly the scenario your mother is trying to recreate. What does? What a holiday to me sounds like. And what's that? Where everyone contributes by bringing food or drinks and they create this environment where we're all working together on you know, meal prep and sitting down to eat together. I mean, that's what all the commercials show us. That's what we did on Thanksgiving. We did, but we had three households worth of kitchens to use to create that space. Right. That's see, what, see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just pointing out the irregularity of that concept because... It doesn't make sense to have everyone cooking in the kitchen to make separate things. Like if you're at one person's house... You can't have 12 people in the kitchen in, in the kitchen making 12 different things. Exactly. But in some households, they can pull that off. Not in an apartment of this size. But there's truth to that, but not everyone would notice the apartment or the size. Some people would just clamor on top of each other no matter what. Those people are not neurodiverse. And that's what this podcast is all about. Thank you. It's not about your neurotypical weirdo family. Right. Exactly. That's the point I'm trying to make. There are different considerations. Uh, you used the word accommodations earlier. And, and yeah, sure. I'd like the word considerations better. Because we've talked before in podcasts about how, or sorry, in episodes about how you don't feel comfortable walking up and being like, yo, employee, you got to give me a headline with this story before you just data dump you on You use this as a, an example a lot. It must have really stuck to your brain. It really did. Because I think it's Because it's at the time, relevant. you did not... You just knocked the microphone. Yeah. At the time, you were like, no, I don't think that's going to work. No, I'm the one advocating that I think you should be able to integrate that type of communication style with anyone. I use an employee because they're not family, but I want to make the comparison to why you don't do that with your family. Yeah. Do you ever tell your family like, hey, before you just go use my kitchen and fall asleep on my floor. Can we have a conversation about boundaries? Like, do you do that? No, I don't need to because they don't come over. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a different issue. Let's pretend that we're back in the combination of families that happens with marriage. And we're back in, in where my family wants to come. And my family is working off of a different set of rules that they don't understand are different than your set of rules. And the two worlds collide. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you handle it? I tell you. Yes, you do. <laughs> you don't really tell so much as like blame and whine and this is get fun. upset. This is a fun conversation. Merry Christmas, everybody. I know, but this is an important. So spouses everywhere, 
are going through what we used to go through. Uh huh. And I want to help that transition because it's not meant get out while you can that's my (laughs) advice (laughs) run (laughs) run for your lives (laughs) thanks signed blake Blake i tried so hard to mitigate the middle and figure out like what was going to be okay for you and okay for them and i found like i was this i felt like a hostage negotiator like for all of the holidays because nothing too accommodating but how how else is someone to, and I can feel I can feel that you're frustrated I can feel that they don't understand what they're doing wrong why are they making you angry like I can no f- one's making me angry I'm getting I'm getting annoyed thinking about it but you were annoyed in the moment sometimes you were downright and then what remember before the this diet. is all before I was medicated so it's not very fair to pick on me oh but see we agree to talk about these topics yes because we are trying to illuminate this situation for many many families who may not have the benefit of a diagnosis right now you need drugs people exactly the same situation that you were in right and you were stressed but there's no medication for autism no but there is medication for anxiety that's true there's also weed (laughs) in some states uh, but there's also alcohol, and I That's think right. alcohol is actually one of the worst things. What we're things. trying to say is smoke and drink. Drink up. No, don't drink. I'm just actually, kidding. Don't drink. I'm jo- you're right. Drink I'm joking. water. <laughs> yes. Hydrate. Don't drink sugar. Don't drink alcohol. All right, fine. Because those things just amp you up. So if we peel all the layers back, what I think the holidays create, unfortunately, is supposed to be this time of like this heartfelt connection, and inadvertently what we're doing is throwing everyone into fight or flight. And because we're in these... And in some households, fart and fornicate. <laughs> yes. Only the good ones. You're a belchy bunch, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no manners. No one here has any manners. <laughs> okay, thanks. It's a, it's a digestively challenged... That's you when know. you're talking about like the differences. No, I mean, you're, you're talking about the differences. That's something that like growing up, I never would have been like belching and not saying, excuse me. Did anyone do that? Yes. I don't. I didn't even hear it. All three of you. You're all disgusting pigs. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. I'm yes. sorry. That's what I'm saying. You're just so used to it. Right. And that, But that is so true with families. One of the families I was working with... Um, but see, that's the thing is like that I was raised to have manners and not... You know, you don't put your elbows on the table when you're sitting there. That's so old. It's you're so old. Supposed it's just to, pointless. You're not... Okay. So when you burp, you're supposed to... Not be like, Bleh. I don't think it, <laughs> I didn't hear anybody do that several times. What? Yes, I think you're making. I'm not going to name up. names. Are you talking about this Christmas? Yes. No way. Yes. No. Several times. Several, like all day. What? Anyway. Oh well, I don't know. I okay. So here, here actually, you're, this is embarrassing and yet perfectly demonstrating the point. If there are things like that, and that is a very common digestive issues, you know, are very hereditary in families. And there's no excuse for a lack of like, seriously, if you saw the president belch on TV, I mean, the dude can talk about grabbing people's hoo-hahs, but I'm just saying this president. But no, but I'm saying, but but if you belched on TV and didn't. We're not on TV, but what happens? Okay. Take it back to the just a regular living room because there are so many things that I grew up with. Defensive. The rules that I grew up with are so ingrained that I don't even recognize them. So you'll see my patterns 
because they contrast from your patterns and I see your patterns because they contrast from mine, but I may not see my own. See, it just burped. Did you hear it? No, because I held it in. Oh, well, that's see a little internal burp. Yeah, that wasn't my family. And, you know, it's not that they were rude, but it's just we had different things going on, I guess. All right. Well, now I know how to roll with your family. I'm just going <laughs> to fart at the dinner table. Gosh. Pass the peas. That is so gross. That is not how we <laughs> act. Yeah, You're making it way worse. No, I'm just saying. And then and then you come over and take over someone's house and expect the person that lives there to accommodate you because Rochelle's over accommodating. I'm over accommodating. I get I don't feel like I'm over accommodating. Not for yourself though. I feel like I'm backed into a corner. Okay. Between people who have a conflict of needs and it's my job with a you know candy cane to my head like solve this problem right now that's how i feel a candy cane to your head i didn't want to say a gun but you know like someone's just like i feel this intense pressure to make sure that everyone can function in the room and they're quite often very competing cultures between different families because of how we were raised okay so you're not so autism is not the only cause for social anxiety at the holidays no but it's just weird when you're supposed to behave a certain way and then you're around people that don't but who who defined what your certain way is society i think pretty much would agree that if you belch you're supposed to say excuse me i'm just saying as one example well there's society in the 1940s and 50s and the 1960s does anyone honestly is anyone disagree with that that if you Mm. like are you could you you absolutely you're if you physically have to, you're gonna, you know, belch or like yeah, I release gases come, from your body. But there should be like, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, me, or something. I agree with that. Is that normal? Or am I? Is is Rochelle right that you should just be like at the dinner table and be like, yeah, well, what are you gonna do? It's my part of my part of my body. You know, don't keep things inside me. <laughs> or like where I'm like, yeah, that sometimes happens, but generally people don't just. I mean, I don't know. I, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I, I don't think. I, I think am. that you are correct. Do manners exist? Come on, my neurotypical, neuro- neurodivergent people. Help. I, I agree that manners exist. I'm embarrassed that that I didn't even catch that that happened. If it did, you you participated in the belching. I didn't even notice. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's so innate that you guys have no clue. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cute, but. But thanks for pointing out my stuff. I'll leave. Well, you point out my stuff all the time. I finally got you on something. Uh. All right. Well, there Blake you, wins again. Blake wins the day after Christmas. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Blake just lost the day after Christmas. <laughs> no, you didn't. I'm just, I'm just trying to breathe. So, um, right. but no, you're demonstrating a very strong point. I just, I think that this time period can be very socially overwhelming, and and this is an easy depiction of why yes and then there's just the energy difference between certain people like a high energy high anxious person i try really hard to match the energy of the room yes but not everyone does or not everyone can well i mean how was what was my energy like yesterday i mean i could tell you were working to match the energy of the room and the thing is is the energy in the room was more chill than you were naturally so you didn't you weren't able to really fall into your own rhythm until um, 
the conversation turned to include your special interests. And once your special interests got involved, then you stopped worrying about matching the tone of the room and you were just yourself and you automatically matched the tone of the room because you joined in. When and did when did we start talking about my special interests? When we started talking about movies or TV shows or all the new things that are happening and I wasn't part of the conversation because I've been asleep to that stuff, but... Okay. But I watched instantly. It was like, oh, you stopped feeling because you were getting nervous about trying to match it. You could you could physically tell that you I were wasn't like nervous. You weren't yourself. Yes, I was. I was just sitting there doing a puzzle. This will be fun to listen back to us arguing for an hour. <laughs> well, actually, what we're doing is Merry the, Christmas. What we're doing is the bah tr- humbug. What we're doing is the truth. Yes, we're illuminating a very stressful supposed to be happy time through two very different vantage points and this is a common i thought we had a good christmas i thought we had a great christmas i'm just saying that there are some people it was easier for you to match the vibe of the room this time because the the vibe of the room was all chill so once you found a way to to be chill yourself it was there was absolutely zero tension now, in previous Christmases, where we've also been... Was on different medication. Accompanied by really high-energy people. Mm-hmm. People who kind of oscillate at like, you know, 15,000 steps a day kind of thing. You know, that never really sit down. They never really calm down. That kind yes. of person that always needs to be around. Like, every family has that. And How come we can't call this person by name when you called out my mom? Oh, I think it applies to... <laughs> Definitely my mom, but... All right. But it can be more than that. It can be uncles. It could be it could be anyone in the family. But the the problem that I see when we come together as a family is that we're we're mixing all these different energies and just being like, hey everyone, welcome to our house. Everyone find a way to vibe together. And it's just not natural. Because some people really do oscillate at different frequencies and ener- physical energy levels than other people. And so trying to find a balance there can be really difficult. You know what else isn't natural? Fake boobs, but they're wonderful. <laughs> Okay. Do you have a, a cosmetic surgery you can do to this? That's what I'm saying. We need some kind of fake boobery okay. that we can do. Back to the boobs. Yeah. Well, why not? It's my special interest, remember? <laughs> 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 of course, I got to bring it back to that. Um, no, if, if there's got to be a way to uh, augment, if you will, <laughs> the, the, the energy in the room. Right. An energy augmentation. Okay, well, what ways can you think of in the past that have been successful and what ways have totally failed? Wait, what? So different, English. Yep. There are different ways to try and augment the energy in the room. Some people try, some families try and play board games to bring people together. I tried to do that. No one wanted to play. Right, because that was actually going to probably make it worse. Okay. Um, You suggested bringing board games. I brought them over and no, no one wanted to play. I know. I know. What other ways? Not just yesterday, but think back and like. I've tried to b- play board games several times with your family, and the you guys only ever want to play Settlers of Catan. That's right. But and we only uh, we only want to play. And that is a boring game. It's not. Hey, who wants to buy some wheat? <laughs> That's all I remember of that game. Uh, and your brother winning. Well, what fun we had. <laughs> we, we like to play the game when that brother isn't here. Okay. When. Like any game when he's not around. Well, yeah, because he wins every game. That's right. And that he is cheats somehow. I don't know how. I don't he's know. Cheating. He's just so freaking smart. But 
those are these are those are all things to be considered. So some people like to drink to try and mitigate that energy difference. Some people like to turn on loud TV and listen to obnoxious commercials, you know, because the football games are on or there's a lot of different ways people try and fix this energy issue. And it doesn't always I mean, oftentimes I think it fails more than it works. OK, so let's just say. And obviously where maybe I should call this episode crappy holidays. Instead of happy holidays. No. Because it's, it's becoming a real downer of an episode. I'm not trying to make it one. I'm just trying to point out that... You're bumming me out, Rochelle. Oh my gosh. Could I finish a sentence, please? Of course you can. I've heard it many times. <laughs> the end of my sentence? I think I've... Well, I've heard you in the middle of plenty of them. That's true. The point I'm trying to make is if we have done a great job of explaining all the different ways that the tension can arise in a holiday for neurodiverse households like ours i think one strategy to get through all of this should be giving yourselves or your spouse or your children permission to step back from an, a, a a vibe it, that they don't want to participate in regardless of what the family rules or culture around how a holiday is supposed to go um, you know, and, and give them the, the room to go collect their thoughts and be in a different space or go, you know, maybe not even come. How many times would you have preferred that my family stay away for the holidays because that's what you needed? And yet I want I was, I'm fine with people coming around. I just, my preference is like if I go to visit someone, I'm planning on staying in a hotel. I'm not planning on, I don't want to be in someone else's space. I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel comfortable. I don't like other people being in my space. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. It's the same thing. So it's like I've always lived by the golden rule. Do unto others as you would do unto yourself, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't want people invading my space, so I don't invade their space. Okay, but those are rules that... It's not a rule. It's a preference. It's okay. not like I'm, I'm not saying I will never stay at someone's house. I'm just saying I don't like to. Right. I'm sorry. I'm not using the right word, but your preferences are built around accommodating or or being considerate of your needs because that's what makes you feel the most comfortable. Right. But then other people have needs and and is what uh, and as well. But their needs may be to be with us in the same house because that's what our needs are is, hey, I miss you. I want to spend the. So then whose needs do you prioritize? Oh, uh, there we go. I'm just saying whose needs do you no, prioritize? I and I am humbly coming to you and to all of our listeners and saying, I don't know the answer to this question, but I've spent 10 years trying. I don't know. In my world, and as I've said to our therapist, I feel like it's a battle of needs. And the holidays, I think I think this holiday was probably one of the best we've had in years. It was enjoyable. It was it was well managed. It was, you know, we did a good job of not taking on too much. But conceptually, and in, in many past holidays, they've been largely traumatic because it has come right down to a battle of needs. And who is in the middle trying to reconcile, you know, the two sides? Me. You're right me i'm the martyr here <laughs> it's not about being a martyr it's how do you how do you sit there and create <laughs> an environment that works for two opposite sensory profiles i don't know what you're talking about sensory profiles you sound like a robot <laughs> i'm sorry i sound i don't know why my nose uh, uh oh i hear a stir i hear a stir too can you pause real fast okay we're pausing for just a moment 
while we check on the baby, on the Bambino. And just like magic, we're already back. Oh, that was almost sad. What was? Well, I picked him up because he said, Mom, you left me. I oh. like, oh, because he thought we were going to take a nap together. Gotcha. And he rolled over and I wasn't there. And I was like, uh-oh, um, go back to sleep. No, so I think the point I'd like to just kind of bring that conversation to a close with is just to say that I, if someone is expressing, you know, some apprehension about like how the holidays are going to go, I think it's really important that we look at different environmental things that you might take for granted, such as harsh lighting versus ambient lighting or loud music versus soft music or, you know, what's the space that you're trying to host in? Is it enough space? Because not everyone will have the same spatial, you know, boundaries for comfort. And, you know, I think with, there's just this assumption that it's the holidays, we're going to get together and it's going to be great. And we don't, and we just take all the rest of that metal for granted. Okay. And I, what I've learned in the 10 years we've been navigating some really amazing Christmases is that there is absolutely not one minute you can take those things for granted. You can change the lighting though. You can change the lighting, but what if two different sides of your family come from two different sides of the neurobiodiversity scale? What if one side is very high energy, hyperactive? You and people are accommodated enough. And they want high music, they want loud music, and they want bright lights, and they want the bing, you know, the bing bong bing bing that are all going out of the holidays. <laughs> Say that again, the I bing, the bing bong bing ba bings. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just this, this idea that in the holidays there's going to be this background music and it's Christmas music and you could have different decades where people find the Christmas music appealing, you know, and... Um, and so there could be clashes there too, but it's like, or you could have a really, you know, more of the freeze side of the scale, a more chill, calm vibe that's like, yeah, I like the ambient lighting. I like the softer music. I don't want the bright lights. I want more space. I want a less hectic schedule. I want less, you know, family games and the go, 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 go. Like you can, you can see where there are just parts of families that come from two sides of the scale that clash in the middle over this concept of having a great holiday and everyone, because having a great holiday is objective to the person and how you experience all of, you know, your social, your emotional, your just physical interactions with different people. So I don't think we can take any of it for granted. Okay. And we haven't even gotten to like the menu. What menu? The Christmas menu, all the food menu, because, you know, there's a lot of gluten, there's a lot of dairy, there's a lot of sugar that comes with a holiday menu. And, you know, if you're just going to the old time trusted favorites, they could easily create some, which is kind of what happened with, with I, as you pointed out earlier, is that some of the menu created digestive challenges because it wasn't conducive to the whole group. And I didn't make that consideration. Mm-hmm. So there are all these components that going that go into a really happy holiday so that it doesn't become a battle of needs. 
The more you know. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what was that cartoon we were raised on? Um, Captain Planet. No, it was like knowing is half the battle. Was I that GI Joe? I don't know. You watch that one? I watched GI Joe, but I don't remember. <clears throat> I think it was GI Joe. It was it's like been a minute. Knowing was half the battle. Um, and I, and I think well, you can look it up. Yeah, GI Joe. Knowing is. Look at that. Look at that. I pulled it go. out of the 80s. Pull it out of your ass is what you pulled it out of. G.I. <laughs> Joe. Yes. Oh, wait. Oh, foc- cl- click on that. What does this say? The Okay, so this is the, the G.I. Joe fallacy. Knowing is half the battle, right? Okay. Are we just going to start reading some uh, non-peer-reviewed article? I don't know. I was curious to see what it was, but it started talking about cognitive biases not being enough to overcome them. And it kind of fits what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't want to just read some random article that we don't know what it says. No, but I mean, in our context, I think knowing is half the battle because otherwise you're just trying to mitigate two different sides of people that are uncomfortable for different reasons. And you've got to try and find a, you know. Well, then what's the other half of the battle? Solving it. So knowing and solving. Well, what are you going to do once you know? Break up? <laughs> what? Well, you said jump. You said run before. Oh, I was kidding. Right. And that's the point is that you don't want to. You want to you fight. Isn't humor allowed on the show still? I was making a joke too. Oh. Was well. it that bad? Um. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Very amusing. No, the point is you don't want to the, to do that. The point is you want to try and find a way to meet in the middle. And you can only do that if you know what the two sides are. You know what? It's like a sandwich. Okay. Because you want your meat in the middle. Okay. Think That's about right. that. So that means we need a three-way. <laughs> You're back to boobs. Yep. <laughs> we need two more boobs in here. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I don't know. It's meat in the middle. Right. Meeting in the middle. And sometimes I think that could be allowing family members to uninvite themselves, to not attend, or to separate themselves if things get too loud. I know f- for a fact when certain toys are brought out that are high volume toys and super noisy, like I have to try and move those into another room because um, I have a brother with really sensitive hearing and um, sensory challenges. So, you know, I know that that exists and he's not autistic that we know, but we know he has sensory integration issues. Um, we know that he has just physical hearing issues and, you know. I thought he was deaf in one ear. That's what I mean. So how can loud noises be affecting him? Because he only has to hear everything through one ear. So a loud noise or a high pitched noise or a lot of screaming, like his other ears become uh, very I sensitive. hardly ever scream. I know. You don't. But you're not three running around with 12 ducks you're trying to go to sleep with now. Yeah, you need to put in some context for that one because that sounds weird. I know. There's just all the new toys. He just wants to sleep with all. He's in the phase. Declan is in the phase where he wants to sleep with all of his toys. And we bought him this counting ducks. Yeah, it's called Lucky Ducks. Lucky Ducks. Well, and it has a pond that's motorized. And so there's a grinding noise to the pond that he just loves on in the background. Like he's actually trying to sleep with that thing on all night grinding with the pond moving and then the ducks are his new friends and so he's trying to sleep with ducks so the, all the little 12 pieces just like you would like a stuffed animal but he doesn't yeah he likes 
plastic like toys. He doesn't like plush uh-uh. things. I mean, he likes his shark, I guess, but he likes to sleep with his like Play-Doh car that he calls his big car. His big car. Yeah, he doesn't like to sleep with plush things. It doesn't matter what they are. Um, he wants to sleep with his toy cars, and now he wants to sleep with his toy ducks. Those are my ducks. I don't know if it's a possessive thing or just a... Yeah, he's like uh, King Midas or something. I don't know. Just more, you know, he's interested in those, so he keeps ev- everything that he's interested really close to him. I don't know, but you know, that's what I mean by sleeping with the ducks. Yes, I just think it needed a little clarification because otherwise it sounded kind of weird. It's it does sound weird even with clarification. I think I agree with you. Um, I I thought that the holidays this year, you know, we were. We're still in the in the, this pandemic. We were just feeling like we could gather with family again. And this new variant has come out that, you know, really impacted a lot of people. Um, and so there's that level of stress. But let's just pretend <laughs> we have an answer to that. We still need to work through, you know, how to make sure that everyone is enjoying the holidays and their time off without it being just another fight or flight event. That's really the point I was, I'm making with all of this because you just want to be able to enjoy each other's company and you want everyone to feel vibes, you know, and just be chill. And you just said that that wasn't possible because you have too many factors involved. So someone's gonna pay. <laughs> I think we have to be like a sandwich and meet in the middle. That's right. Now, what do you do for a child who can't, or someone who can't meet in the middle? Do you did you always feel like you could? compromise and 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 meet me in the middle of some of those i felt like i got screwed most of the time so because i felt like i was compromising and i felt like no one felt like i was Mm. can you say that to me again so i felt like i always was compromising but i didn't feel like anyone else thought i was i can i can totally see that like to me everyone being around because you would like you don't want my family around and i'm like but they're here you're right. That's that's me compromising. You're right. But it didn't feel like you were compromising because once they got there, like then there was another set of things that had to be solved. Yeah, we we lived in awkward place. Like we literally lived in a place where our bathroom to get to our bathroom you had to walk through our bedroom. Only the first 4 years. None of the other houses <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> that's a long time. Does no one else think that that's weird? For someone to come stay with you and you, you can't even you can't even sleep. Especially for I, someone like myself who likes to sleep uh a la mode. I oh, no, not a la mode. That's ice cream. <laughs> Unencumbered. In the nude. I I engineered a solution. I walled off. I wear my natural PJs. Okay. Fair enough. But I walled off. I created privacy. That thing fell. But So I'd be like in the middle of the night and I'd see some shadowy figure go in to take a leak. <laughs> Okay, but you don't know all of that in advance when you're hunting for an apartment. Like, you don't know that those are going to... You don't always know. If you don't have a diagnosis going into finding a place to You don't to know live, that someone's not going to want someone to walk in on them butt naked? You don't know that, regardless of a diagnosis? I... Okay, obviously that makes sense. Your but family was, just walks in and you're naked and it's fine? No, I don't sleep that way. So, I, it wouldn't have occurred to me that my my soon-to-be spouse would sleep that way. So I didn't know to... I didn't even know to factor that in. Hmm. I didn't even know to factor it in. 
I and I found a place based on cost and location. I didn't I didn't look at the floor plan and think through all the potential social awkwardness. I didn't. I honestly didn't. I was like twelve seventy one a month. I could afford that. You just wake up and someone's sitting there looking at you while they're on the toilet. It's like, <laughs> good morning. It's not quite how it went, but no. But I understand it, that it could feel that way. I get it. I get it. It's close. I get it. I mean, hey, there are some families that can't live or even for two days in a in a one bathroom place. Like some families require two bathrooms like that. Yeah. So, I mean, these are all things that warrant discussion, especially with fight or flight scenarios that can most guaranteed create digestive challenges. Because we've talked before about how digestive challenges can be an early indication of living in fight or flight. And I think this is exactly that. Not to mention, if you're cooking a menu that doesn't agree with your food sensitivities. I mean, it all it all adds up to you, can still say you ex- are correct. You could still say excuse me. You could still say your excuse me. I agree. Okay, there we go. I agree. Did we accomplish anything in this episode? I think we did a really good job of explaining... And illuminating many, many battles that happen at the holidays for families much like ours who are in various stages of illuminating their neurodiversity in their family with varying stages of understanding it. And yet knowing that you want everyone to enjoy themselves and can't figure out why it's not always so easy to obtain. I think we did. We did that. I mean, we spent 10 years figuring out ourselves. Yeah. And I think this year for us is evidence that we are figuring it out because this was a very, it was a very cool. I don't, I don't like all the way that my cooking turned out, but my cooking aside, I thought the rest of the holiday was amazing. Your cooking was definitely better than your driving. Oh, <laughs> ouch, <laughs> ow. Was your cooking that bad? Um, I, th- I don't think my driving is that bad, but. <laughs> oh man. Jeez, I, I, I was really hoping to get a helmet this year so that i could drive with you again oh my goodness you know i really pay attention to the emotional sides of things but she doesn't pay attention to the road (laughs) (laughs) i do i do (laughs) i do my greatest accomplishment for for was tricking her driver's license teacher (laughs) (laughs) 20 years how much did that cost no you slip him a 50 (laughs) i'm a good driver okay you make me nervous in the car. I'm not my best driver when you're in the car. I'm <laughs> or any, when you're not there. I don't think you're the best driver when you're in a car. <laughs> Even if I'm not driving. That's right. My greatest accomplishment for every holiday the last few years has been my calendar. I mean, that's yes. my labor of You love. did a great job. And for me, that is one of the biggest just moments. And I don't, I mean, if people react to it, the, the, the people that I give my calendar to are immediate family and, you know, if they react and have a positive experience for the calendar, then that is amazing also. But I, I don't do the calendar. So let me just give some context. So when we, when we had our, when we had Declan, I thought, Oh, no one lives around us. So I'll make a calendar filled with pictures of us. And then at least they'll be able to see Declan, even though if it's a year in arrears, you know, we get to just have this custom made calendar and it has evolved because I have, you know, five siblings and, they all wanted to be involved as well, and I love involving them. And so now every single um, family member and or their significant other, they get celebrated for their birth month. So if your birthday's in February, you get the whole month of February. And what if one of them breaks up? That's going to be an awkward... I'm always nervous about that. That's going to be an awkward month, yeah, huh? I'm always nervous about that. All of a that. sudden, it's just going to be... St- we're all supposed to like 
scratch out. Where did August go? No, I mean, I Ooh, don't. whose birthday's in August? I don't know. I just picked a month. Uh-oh. Um, you should have said July because we don't have a birthday well, in July. In July, right. July has no birthday. See? So July's a better example. No, no, no. I, I think, um, I mean, I don't know. Those are, it's free will choices. You know, relationships change all the time. But I don't make the calendar because I want people, because I need people's reactions to how they receive it. I make the calendar because the act of making it just fills my heart. Like, it's just... That is what I want to do. Those the cockles. The, the feelings that I want to generate by looking at those pictures every single month. And I fit as many of them in as I, I fit like over 300 pictures in this, this year's calendar. But it's the act of giving that calendar and making it that fills my heart with love. And then if anyone receives it and is also, you know, motivated to respond with love, then that's a bonus. But that's not why I do it. And I don't always find that the holidays are built with that same sense of like internal heart motivation. I think sometimes the holidays, unfortunately, have a, a fair amount of ego in them. And ego is much, much more difficult to deal with because it, we can't possibly predict what someone... It's not our job to, to give somebody the love that they have to give themselves. And so I think that, you know, at this very important time, right now it's an just as a final note you know our love has to come from ourselves and and we have to teach each other to do that as well so that if you have needs the best way to love yourself and 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 practice self-love is to just go into the bathroom and be private about it <laughs> no it's express your needs but know that everyone has needs and that we need to work together to figure out what those solutions are. It shouldn't be a battle. It shouldn't be a meltdown. It can be a meltdown depending on your age um, or alcohol level. But but if we're coming from a place of, you know, we just want everyone's heart to be filled with that safe feeling of being around family, expressing our needs in order for the collaboration of being able to meet them, you know, to me that seems like a, a more winning formula than attacking it with ego and it being a battle of needs because speaking from a decade of experience if it's an egotistical battle of needs nobody wins and then there is no winner and it really is just winter it's just a cold dark place on that note let's end it here today <laughs> let's just end it all no no just the episode just the episode yes but that's that don't forget everyone to sign up for the Facebook group. If you're listening to the show, share the show. Share the shit out of it. So that we can all have more listeners and more people to uh, share their experiences. Right. Um, we know we're not alone. Th these are conversations we know that are happening in multiple families every single holiday. And, you know, there's more perspectives than just this. That's right. This is just ours or mine. Yep. Just mine. Just <laughs> He's looking at me like, that's all you, girl. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. It's just Rochelle's. It's just mine. However, um, these are important conversations, and it shouldn't be a battle of needs. It should be more of a family of love. So what the hell am I... So th I was going to name the episode um, Happy Holidays with happy in quotes. Uh-huh. Or should it be called The Battle of Needs? Probably that one. What? The Battle... Happy Holidays? No, probably The Holiday Battle of Needs holiday battle of needs it's a it's a realistic concept we d we're dealing with constantly because there's so many just 
expectations that no longer fit the sensory profiles of the families that are evolving on an everyday basis. I think it should be the holiday battle of needs so people can relate because, you know, this is true stuff. Okay. Lame title, but that's what we'll call it. <laughs> oh, shoot. Episode 20. Thank you so much for listening to us this far. We'll uh, we'll try to come back. Oh, we'll be back. Oh, we'll be back. I'm told. As long as he continues to nap. <laughs> um, I I pre- I thought I was awake most of the, the episode this time. <laughs> you didn't put me to sleep. Oh shoot! All right. Well, thank you, Mary. Happy holidays to everyone. Yep, Mary, and happy holidays to everyone as well. <laughs> My name is Blake. My name's Rochelle. And we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>